There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello, everybody. I'm Tommy Dees, and I am here with Gentry Estes. I said your name first before you did. Columnist for the Tennessean and this other guy. Eric Backrack, Titans beat writer for the Tennessean. And we're going to be talking Titans. You know, we're talking a couple of Titans in particular in this edition because uh, both of them have have kind of come around the last few weeks and shown why they're Titans and why the Titans wanted them. And, and we want to talk about what they've done recently. We also want to talk about their futures. And that's Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. So let's let's start with Derrick Henry. A real letdown against the Jags. He did not have a 99-yard touchdown run. He, he, only, he had less than 250 25 yards. 25 yards short of it, yeah. You know, this is the Derrick Henry we saw basically starting around this point last year-ish when the coaching staff figured out that they wanted to be a physical football team and that's what they were built to do and run the ball. And they put everything they put everything on his back and he carried him as far as he could. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's it started a little bit earlier this year, and, the, and they needed it, you know, because for this offense, as well as, as the passing game is working right now, and it is working well, and Ryan Tanhill deserves so much credit for that, it all starts with Henry and the threat of him. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't delved too deeply into the play-action numbers, but so much of, of what they're doing is, is kind of uh, predicated on, on being, you know, establishing that and kind of just building from there. So, so the threat of Henry and what he's doing – uh, is is really the foundation for this offense and in both him and Tannehill are only under contract through the rest of the season so it'll be an interesting offseason for sure but right now both of those guys have this offense you know in a, in a drastically different place than it was a month or, or two months ago for this Titans team. Jennifer where do you see this going with Derek with, with this franchise? Uh, to me, as as this team goes into the offseason, there's going to be two things at the top of the list, and it, and, and he's number one. Uh, you need to make sure to keep Derrick Henry. And, and I understand the hesitation in that a lot of people in football don't view him as a three-down back, and I don't think the Titans do either. Um, I asked Mike Vrabel basically that question last week, and he he didn't say yes. He very politely indicated no. <laughs> you know, that they and, still and we saw to... it during the game on third down when they – still trot out Deion Lewis, you know, in these third and lawns. And that's fine if people think he can't catch. He's not a good receiver, not good pass protection, whatever. That, I'll, I'll remind those people that one of those two has a 75-yard touchdown reception on a on a third down. And had a reception <laughs> called back, a touchdown called right. back in the last game. Right. But, uh, okay, so let, let's, let's, for argument's sake, concede that he is only a two-down back. He still might be the best two-down back in football. I think Henry is, is playing to that level now that you have to re-sign that guy. You have to give him that, that kind of money because I, you, you look at it and say, if they lose Derrick Henry, can they find someone similar to replace him? I'm not sure they can. Yeah, I, I look at NFL backs and I see you know there's exciting guys like Christian McCaffrey who's just amazing with what he does the different ways you know as a receiver and a runner he's certainly a better receiver than than Derek when you try to put somebody in that mold but he's a three down back and you know we've seen Alvin Kamara you know healthy and what he can do and a lot of other guys I don't see anybody in this league that can do what Derek does once there's a once once the locomotive gets ahead of steam. There is nothing that can stop him once he gets running downhill. That doesn't mean he scores a touchdown on every play, but you see a lot of two- and three-yard runs that by the third quarter when they actually give him the ball and let him wear the defense down that become eight- and nine-yard run. We had like, how many 10- or 11-yard runs do you have this past week where it wasn't like there was a huge hole and then he goes down when he gets hit. 
that's what an 11 yard run usually looks like you run because there's a big hole and then the safety takes you down this is like three or four people in that hole and he still you know runs through them and gets 10 or 11 yards a lot i think there are a few like that in the league i think nick chubb is one i think they played one last week in leonard fournette but what henry has shown he's able to do is yeah if you if he gets his carries early and they're committed to it, which they haven't always been this season, and we we, we could or all pa- mention past games seasons, where yeah. things got awry on them when they they didn't go to Henry early, when they do it and get him rolling, and even when things you know the, those first five six seven carries didn't really amount to much, and they stuck with it, he rewarded them late in the game. He wore down the defense, and and defenders don't want to keep dealing with that guy late in the game, and he's able to to take over. I, I will say though. It's looked really good the last two games, if you look at his numbers, but they have played two horrific run defenses these last two weeks. They were they were both literally ranked 29th, you know, so so that's taking advantage of the opportunity. But I think no, there's no sort of finer example of sticking with Henry and just being patient with him than the Chiefs game when they were trailing by nine points late, still stuck with him and kind of were able to reap the benefits of, of using Henry late. You know, it, it's it's hard to stick with that when – you know, I guess your instinct is to pass in those situations, but he's your best offensive player. You've got to use him as such. He's a guy that, that to me isn't necessarily, you know, horizontally necessarily explosive. But once he gets sort of any shred of daylight, he could just barrel his way through. And, and the speed that he has for, for being 247 pounds, once he gets going, at, at a certain point, he just can't be stopped. We saw that on the 74-yarder this past week. So he's got a very unique skill set to me. Running back is is you know I think we would agree that it's it's one of the more replaceable positions on a football field, but Henry's skill set is unique. What he does is is unique, and, and there's just not a guy out there that the Titans can find and sort of plug in to replace him where they'd get the same benefit. So I think I agree. I think he's got to be priority number one, best player on the team. Yeah, you need to resign the best player on the team. Yeah, yeah, and I think there are there are running backs who probably are zero to sixty acceleration faster. I don't know that there's a guy in the league whose who's acceleration from like 30 to 60, if that makes sense. Once he kind of gets past the first level, he ends up, you know, the how he turns those into the 75 and the 99 isn't, you know, there are guys with straight sprint speed who can beat him. Right. I don't know that there are guys who go from kind of a, a gallop to a full-out sprint faster that turn it on faster and do it in traffic you know, like like he, he seems like he picks up speed while he stiff arms somebody. When when there's some resistance, he's looking over his shoulder, stiff arming you, and he's still getting faster. It's like a, like a boulder running downhill, and you don't want to be really what it is. You don't want to be in front of the boulder. So the other guy's Tannehill, who is uh, really I don't think they're playoff. Uh, you know, a, a playoff contender like they are right now without him. Mm, uh, if, if they make the change earlier, arguably they might be a division front runner. It, that this offense just works with him because he makes decisions quicker and he gets the ball out of his hand. He's committed to what they're doing. He doesn't look at a receiver like Mariota would do. He, he had almost wanted to wait till the receiver got open before he committed throwing the ball. In the NFL, you can't do that. You have to throw the ball knowing he's going to be open, anticipating where he's going to be. And and I think he's just an NFL quarterback, and and whether he's a top ten NFL quarterback or a top twelve NFL quarterback or a top fourteen NFL quarterback, he's an NFL quarterback. If he he's going to get paid by somebody, if it's not the Titans, he's going to get paid by somebody because he has proven, yeah, he's he's a starter in this league. And you know, I always wondered. I I said 
to you guys on this podcast even before he was he was playing. I I I always wondered why he didn't get more of a chance because he never lost his starting job in Miami until he until he wasn't there anymore. He was a starter for years. And he played on some bad teams. He dealt with some injuries, but he always was a pretty good quarterback. Uh, Ryan, th- this is not a big revelation, I don't think. I, but I think the revelation has been what he has been able to do for an offense that was pretty horrible until he took over. Right, and and you know, again, he's. I think there's a case to be made for for the talent around him being the best that it's ever been for for Tannehill. You know, didn't have a ton of help while he was there in Miami, and and you know, I think. We, we get to speak with opposing coaches on conference calls in the lead up to every every Titans game. And, you know, at least a couple of them have said, yeah, we think Ryan Tannehill is play, playing the best ball of his career. Even more than just playing consistent is he's playing clutch, you know, 13 or 14 in the red zone. A lot of that has to do with, with what Tannehill is doing when it comes to decision making, when it comes to confidence. And, and again, I think that's that's the biggest difference to me between Mariota and, and, and Tannehill, just with sort of comparing with where they were confidence-wise. To me, it was night and day. You know, by the time Mariota was, was benched, it really seemed like, you know, he just, every sort of throw that might have been into tight coverage, he second-guessed, and you could kind of see the hesitation. Tannehill, he's, he's playing aggressive, but he's playing with, with calculated aggression. He's really not afraid to thread the needle, to throw it in there. He's trusting his playmakers, and, and all of it is sort of, transform this offense to one of the worst in the league to, to now they're averaging 29.4 points per game since Tannehill has taken over as the starter. Uh, and again, with this defense, they're in really good shape. Yeah, I ask you guys this, that um, obviously Mariota is going to be out after this year, barring something crazy in the last five weeks. And that frees up some money. Uh, and I think a lot of people would have assumed that the Titans either draft a guy or they go sign a guy or they, you know, maybe the, the long-term solution wasn't on the roster, but I think Tannehill has played enough, well enough to the point that you got to bring him back. Don't you? I mean, and, and the, the thing is he's playing so well, you're really going to have to pay him like uh, a lot more than you're paying him right now. Yeah. But you're also paying Mariota 20 plus million, but this that season. could now go to, to Tannehill. It's true. Uh, oh, I think that absolutely. And you free what, what you were paying Mariota from your payroll. Um, Mariota goes in and becomes somebody else's Tannehill. Whether that means sure. he ever gets to start or somewhere else, or whether he does well if he starting somewhere else if he gets that chance, which to me is still very much on the table. He yeah, will he will 26. be a guy like Tannehill who will be viewed as well. That guy's got some injury history, and you know, there are times he didn't really get it done where he was. And and the Titans said he's the best insurance policy. We could get, and you know what's best about an insurance policy, unless it's a life insurance policy, cashing it in. <laughs> well, the Titans cashed in their insurance policy, and now they need to pay these premiums and keep the guy. Because I don't think you necessarily even have to. He's not like he's 40 years old. He doesn't look broken down, but still barely getting by on guile. You see those guys every once in a while. You know, you how do you make that play? He really doesn't still have the arm, but he knows what the defense is doing. He's a dynamic athlete. I mean, you saw the runs this past week. I say you pay him, and you think somewhere in the next three years you have to draft a quarterback. Yeah, that that to was going to be my next point. Is I I do think you know for as well as he's playing, he's still probably like a, a bridge type guy as far as the contract that you're going to give him. And listen, if you're going to draft a quarterback, this this draft is really appealing from that standpoint. It's it's I, I think it's front loaded, but it's also deep. You know, there's there's eight or ten guys that, you know, could turn out to be, you know, a quarterback that, that is Some a starter in this league. 
Some of them won't, you know, most probably won't. But I think even the guys at the back end of, of that eight to 10 deep sort of list have potential, you know, so if they go for it in the first round, if they're, you know, top three, something like that, I think all of that is still on the table. And, you know, the good thing is now that you've got a guy in place where you don't have to, you know, rush a, a rookie quarterback, a first round pick out there, you know, because you have, if, if you do lock up Tannehill, you have a guy that's in place. So I, I think it's all kind of coming together nicely for the Titans. I, I do still think they draft a quarterback this year. I, well, their first round pick's not going to be that high, probably. Yeah. And now I could see receiver. I could see tight end. Um, the O line probably used some help. That, uh, oh yeah, O line. This, this is a this is a team with some holes on it, and I, I I think as of right now, quarterback really isn't one of them. I I could see second, third, fourth, fifth round. Maybe you hey, get we can that go guy. through the NFL list and. and- Pick what round people what what round the the number one starter. I know we got some backups playing by this time of year. A lot of different places. They're not all first round guys, yeah. and they're not all top three guys. Mm-hmm. You know, there are guys. I'm, I'm shoot, Jacksonville's got to be pretty glad, even though they spent all that money on Foles at Minshew's sitting there, because he's probably going to be a starter for him at some point, and, and the real starter. So let's turn our attention to the Colts. The Titans certainly are on this Thanksgiving week. And uh, if there's one thing the Titans probably don't give thanks for, given the history of this series, it's that they're playing the Colts. It's true. And, and you know, it's, it's funny because heading into this year, it was a situation where you're like, every game that the Titans play the Colts, you have to pick the Colts until proven otherwise. Uh, just because Andrew Luck had, had had their numbers so decisively. Well, now they don't, but... By that same token, they they, didn't have him earlier this year. That's true. And uh, that was a close game that they had in in week two. But they've still won 19 of 22 against the Titans. It's still in Indianapolis. And Jacoby Brissett's lost at least two of those three losses that the Colts have, right? Uh, yes, he lost. He lost two in 2017 when when Luck sat. So, you know that that's noteworthy. It's also noteworthy that the Colts team this time around is is much better. Yeah, it's noteworthy. That I don't think those Colts that Colts team won like one game, two, something like that. I mean, they were terrible. It's not like it was just the Titans. Right, right. You know, so I, I think we spoke about it uh, a little earlier today. It's just that the Titans appear to be the better team right now. They're certainly trending uh, amongst the hottest teams in the NFL. So. Uh, you know, I think there's grounds for being really optimistic. They almost, they almost mentioned the Titans on ESPN the other day. Almost. By that, again, it's the Colts, and I think because of that, it's still a game where you're like, how are we going to you know, lose this time if you're a Titans fan? Hey, you're going on the road, though, tough place to play. I mean, I, I, the Colts are look beatable. I think the Titans could have beat them in week two. I, I yeah, should have beat probably them in week two. Yeah. And, and probably the worst two-minute drill or clock management and a time score situation I've seen in the NFL in person. And the you know the Colts have lost some games at home they shouldn't have lost this year. And I think this is certainly a winnable game for the Titans. And it's a huge game. They're all huge. Uh, they, they can't ease up right now and but you know if if they do get this one you're looking at seven and five going to uh, play an oakland team that's probably going to be coming off two losses because they have to play kansas city so they'll drop back and that's also competing with you for a playoff spot right. all right. three of those teams right now the colts titans and, and raiders are all six and five and the, and the titans right now are below two of those and, and i don't know if the titans have unlocked something here that they that will be sustainable week to week offensively uh, I think Tannehill has been a big part of that. Uh, their offense, if if you just look at the scores of games, after that, that first game at Cleveland, 
the scores have seemingly gone up. That was a week. fluky game. It was yeah. like, there were some there yeah, were that, some cheap points. Right. There. I, I think I told you, Tommy, that that one felt you know they scored forty points in that, but kind, that kind of felt like a fluky forty. This past week felt like an earned. 40. Yeah, that was that was and not against a, Kansas City thirty. I mean, yeah, 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 exactly. That, that forty well. against Cleveland didn't wasn't starting on the twenty and going eighty yards running your offense. There was some fluky turnover stuff, penalty stuff, sure. all kinds of stuff that played into that. These last two. And I've, I've said this to both of you, I think, um, and, and I've been here for almost a year uh, in Nashville, and that's the two most, by far, inter- most entertaining games I've seen the Titans they were play a lot of fun. in that time. I mean, even even if they lost the Kansas City game, it's just if you were a Joe fan, didn't care who won, mm-hmm. sitting on your sofa, that's a good game to watch. And so was this last one, really. You know, Eddie George, before the uh, the first Titans-Colts matchup this year, said that it was – you know, he kind of he spoke with the team after a practice and kind of put it out there that this game was more important than than like the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure that's what he said, because it could be, you know, the changing of t- tides, the changing of power with Andrew Luck out of the picture, you know, and the Titans seemingly trending upward. Well, I, I think this is that game now. Uh, you know, I think the Titans finally kind of have things going the right way. I think the Colts look very beatable. I think they match up well against them. It's really just a matter of, of kind of bucking the trend of, of these past few years and, and you know what the Colts have been able to do. So, yeah, when I look at, look at where the, the hole that the Titans had to dig themselves out of included a loss to Jacksonville, a, a division loss, and a loss to Indy, a division loss. You're 0-2 in the division. You win this one, you split with Jacksonville, and they're not going to be part of it. That's it's down to you. You beat Houston twice, and you win the division, right? I mean, you're it's, you win this one, you really control your fate. It's it's all there in front of them. They would, you know, they would have to beat the Texans at least once. Still, and the wild card picture is crowded. There's four teams at, at six and five, and again, right now the Titans are at the bottom of that list as far as tiebreakers go. But it's, I mean, the, the schedule as far as what you want if you're the Titans, it's all right there in front of them. They just need to sustain something. It just seems like we sit in here every week, and every week it's so different, and it's so week to week in terms of well, we're high on them now. Well, but we're low on them after that Carolina game, or we're this last two games are the most that that they've actually sustained in either direction. <laughs> Where they look like a good football team two times in a row. This this game felt different because this was this was dominant. They mm-hmm. they did what they wanted to do, and it wasn't relying on the other team making key mistakes in the last yeah. two minutes. Yeah, and, and they beat Kansas City straight up, and that's not a bad football team there. And I, to this would be a huge win on so many levels, just to be able to to get some momentum, get on a run, and and be able to have some confidence. I just don't ever feel like all season this has been a very confident team, and I think what Ryan Tannehill has brought to this team more than anything else is that. he He's a confident guy, and I think the others on both sides of the ball, quite honestly, are responding to that. I think the defense appreciates the fact that they're not having to carry the team now, and you don't you don't see that a lot in the NFL. Uh, teams are what they are. The the Bears' offense isn't going to just become some juggernaut. Just be, you know, but and, and the Titans were in that similar mold. And what we've seen offensively has been pretty remarkable. I think I wrote and when we were in Denver, and, and it became clear Tannehill was probably going to be the guy. I was like, I hope he brought his cape because this offense needs it. By God, he's done it. He has the, the offense is completely transformed with him out there and. But the thing about the Titans is we say all these things and they could go out there and get shut out. Yeah. <laughs> Again, for me, this is, you know, my second year on the beat. I, I do think it's this has been the most sustained 
stretch of, of optimism if as far as the Titans are concerned. There was a bye week in between. These well, three two weeks, two of which had games. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is that there was a bye week in between, which which probably helped because that that Chiefs win uh, got to linger a little bit. That was longer. fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, that, that excited it, people. It feels a little different, Gentry, and and can't wait to come back here next week and say you know that that feeling was misleading because that's what the Titans do. But it does, as we sit here now, feel a bit different. Yeah, with the the Tanny Hill thing, and then uh, you know, I'm not, I hate to sound like I'm dumping on a guy because I don't feel like I am, but I think I think Mariota was a guy everybody in the locker room likes, Loved. and respects as a human being. I don't think he's a guy that rallied a team around him the way we have seen Tanny Hill. That says, and and so he feels like a guy who walks in the huddle and gets the whole team's attention and said, "All right, boys, follow me." I think there's something about a quarterback that's willing to to put himself on the line like mm-hmm. he did on that touchdown run. He's done that a few times now, and mm-hmm. I, and just and when you score in the red zone, your team starts believing you're going to score in the red zone. And I don't think they had that belief before. They didn't even believe they could get any points because they missed the field goal for mm-hmm. for a longest time. The mm-hmm. They don't even kick the field goal right. anymore. The best thing a quarterback can do is be clutch, and he has been. He's been good on third down. What mm-hmm. was what we we overlooked was early in that game. He made a couple of plays on third down. And that Mariota wasn't doing that at all. He was horrible on third down for most of the season. Right, the Humphreys at, at least. I think it might have been a couple times where you know you convert, you pick up the and you know I, I mentioned the red zone before. Thirteen of fourteen since Tannehill's taken over as starter. That's it's it's hard to be better than that. And and those clutch situations again. I think it goes back to confidence. I think Corey Davis said it the first first game Tannehill started, and he was careful not to sort of throw. Mariota under the bus in any are. regard. They, they all, all, they, they all love the guy. guy. I like the guy. <laughs> but he said like the there was a different aura about the offense, and he said that you know the day after, or the in the locker room at uh, Nissan Stadium after Tannehill it's taken over as starter, and I think I think that's still raining true today. All right, how are we picking this one? I think I'm going to say 22-21 against all better judgment Titans. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the Colts cover. I'm going to give them that. So you're I gotta saying the they're throwing something. to Ryan Kelly for the two point conversion. Yeah, exactly. Like I think it's going to be something weird. That's why I'm giving them 22. Uh, I'd throw it to Ryan Kelly on the two point conversion. Or, or I need to get him on my fantasy team. I'm not even sure if that's possible. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I went with the Titans. It's a tough call. I, I really went back and forth on this, but again, I, and and we talked about this a little more in our, our picks podcast, but. I I just look at these two teams and feel like the Titans are better. I feel like they're in a better place. They're healthier. They're just I, – I think they're a better team and they're going to win a, a big game. I think it's going to be real physical. It was real physical the first time, probably the most physical game that the Titans have been in. I think they're more equipped to punch back in a physical game than they were. Uh, Taylor Lewan's back. Tip of the cap to him for the first time. I think he played a really good football game this season. Uh, he had less than – well, he didn't have any yards and penalties. If he'd had less than fifteen, I'd have been satisfied. But but <laughs> he he got, he got physical and and they got physical and they got a little nasty. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to be that to win this game. I think their defense is really really good. I think they will challenge Jacoby Brissett and I think Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry will make enough plays. And I think I picked it like twenty to sixteen. So it's not a they're going to run them off the field. They're not a, they're not capable of running Indy off the field. I don't think. No, I think it's a close game either way. I- a lot like the first meeting, and which was kind of a coin flip, and it could be that mm-hmm. way again. 
All right. Well, that is it for this edition of Talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can leave us a review or drop a rating while you're at it. For Gentry Estes and Eric Bacharach, I'm Tommy Dees, and we'll be back to do it again next week. Talking Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talking Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talking Titans is a production of the Tennessean.